bench. There's all kinds of excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame. Yankees put it in the wind column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. This is Flame Stock with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour on Flame Stock. It is Tuesday. September 5th, and welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. Yes, Steinberg, Vickers along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. What's up, Vix? How much, Patrick? How you doing, bud? Good I'm to hear well, you. I'm good to have good. you back. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you back for another year on Flames Talk. Looking forward to the season ahead. Flames Talk coming at you multiple hours a day for the rest of weekday anyway. For the rest of the season, here we are, day after Labor Day. It's a go time, full throttle. It's officially back. Sportsnet 964, another year of the Calgary Flames. And we're less than three weeks away now from the start of training camp. In fact, we are just over a week away from the Penticton Young Stars Classic, which will start a week from Friday. Flames will play three games. We'll carry them all live right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, and as we move towards training camp in less than three weeks, Elias Lindholm's status remains unchanged. I know, shocking. Um, he's still with the Flames, and he's still unsigned beyond next season. Status quo for Elias Lindholm. And so... You know, over the last, I don't know, month or so, last few weeks or so, it feels like the outside conversation or the outside public opinion has maybe started to change or has maybe started to become a little bit more optimistic. And I'm not even just talking about insiders like Frank Saravalli and and Elliot Friedman and and some of the names that we've heard talk about how maybe... There's a little bit more optimism about him signing. I'm even talking about Flames fans and the temperature there. And when you uh, are on Reddit or message boards or Twitter or whatever the case may be, what you're hearing from Flames fans about, you know, whereas before it felt like a lot of people were resigned to him leaving or getting traded. Whereas now, as we're into September, maybe it feels like there are more Flames fans that feel like there's a chance he could resign. Do you get that? Do you get that feeling that maybe? The narrative is, whether it's accurate or not, that the narrative has changed a little bit? I think there is a lack of patience from the fan base in general about him now being in September, still have not declared one way or the other, potentially anyways, depends on, depending on how you read into his words, about whether or not he wants to be a member of the Calgary Flames long term or if he's going to explore free agency And if that happens to be the route, then very clearly the Calgary Flames will be exploring a trade for him. I think that there is a lot of, well, if he hasn't said he's coming back forever by now, get rid of him. And I don't think that's the right approach. I don't think that's the attitude or mindset. We're talking about a guy who's already been here, what, five years? And so now he's got one year left on his deal. That's six. He's going to sign an eight-year extension. That's 14. You should be proud of me. I did that math on the fly. This is not a minor decision for Elias Lindholm. And I don't think there should be a deadline on it. I mean, internally, the Calgary Flames might have one. It's not something that they need to advertise publicly. Right. But I think that from my perspective, and I'm usually typically more pro player than I am pro team, 
but I think that giving him the time he needs to resolve this, and whether that's coming into camp and coming into the regular season and getting a feel for the vibe, the temperature, the changes, the mood, how competitive the team is going to be, I think Lindholm's well within his rights to push the decision a little bit further down the road to see how he's vibing under this new regime. Well, he's well within his rights to push his decision to June 30th if he really wants to. That's, that is well By within nature his of the rights. CBA, yes. Yeah. Um, but it just... You know, two weeks ago, we had Frank Saravalli on, and he said, yeah, the it's a, a little bit more of an optimistic vibe. And um, I'll, I'll read you some quotes from uh, an interview that popped up in Sweden last week. This was Frank Saravalli earlier on Tuesday's Flames Talk. Uh, this from uh, the other hour on Tuesday's Flames Talk, talking about where things sit right now with Elias Lindholm and the Flames. The door's wide open, like... If there is a good feel, if there's a talented team, if there's a belief that Elias Lindholm has a chance to win, that I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Flames turn around and and try and turn up the temperature to get a deal done before the season starts. Put all these questions to bed. Let's make you the centerpiece of the literal centerpiece of our lineup. So that was Frank earlier on Tuesday. And here, here are the quotes from Elias Lindholm that, you know, had some people buzzing. This came from uh, hockey Sweden, uh, which is our English translation. Here, yeah. uh, go for it. Um, we're just going to call it hockey Sweden. Uh, you posted the links on your Twitter, uh, over at AA Vickers. Uh, and obviously there's some, uh, Google translate involved here. So this is not a little of this was translated via Ufe Bodine as well, though, who is, well, I went, I went, I went right to the article and just, uh, translated, right. And I know that Ufe has got some, um, got some translations to here. I'll just read you what Google translate has for us. And you can tell me how close it is to. Ufe's translation. Um, but he says, I'm willing to stay. Then my agent and Calgary take care of most of it. There's a lot we have to agree on, but I've said that I can imagine staying. After that, the agent and Calgary get to fix the rest. Then we'll see if it works out or not. I have one year left, but if it doesn't go as I've planned, I'll become a free agent. Nothing strange about that. We'll see what happens. End quote. That is the uh, direct Google translation from the article as it appeared online. How uh, different is that from what Ufe had the? It's not 100%, but it's close enough. It it portrays the reference. Read uh, Ufe's. Ufe's is, I am willing to stay. My agent and Calgary will handle most of it. There's a lot we have to agree on, but I've said that I can consider staying. After that, it's up to the agent in Calgary to sort out the rest. Then we'll see whether it works out or not. I have one year left, but if things don't go as I've planned, then I'll become a free agent. Nothing strange about that. We'll see what happens. So you're, Pretty similar. Yes. I wasn't about to nitpick. No, I, wa- that way. I, w- I wanted to hear how different it was. Fair enough. Um, because a lot of times, like... There's not, Lost direct, in translation. there's not a direct translation for every word or every sentence, right? Um, and then when he was asked about playing in Calgary and, and his thoughts about being in Calgary long-term, again, from Google Translate, so please take that into consideration. But, quote, I think it's good. It's a nice city. There's a lot to do. Nice restaurants, good shopping and all that. A beautiful city, and I like Canada as a country. It gets a bit cold sometimes, but it's lucky that I'm Swedish and can handle it. End quote. So... Does that do, do those quotes give you any more optimism about him signing here? Or is it about the same as to what we heard back on April 15th or whatever it was when you know all of a sudden Flames fans started clenching for the first time with some public because 
I, I remember on post game shows taking calls or or on Flames Talk episodes last year. You know, for for me, I think I kept using the term that. Yeah, you know the the Flames are and the 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 overall read is that it's uncertain as to whether or not Lindholm is interested in signing back here long term. That was leading into the end of the season. That was uh, the last couple of months of the season. We had been talking about that a little bit or or bringing it up kind of on the periphery. And then he says what he had to say on locker cleanout day, where he says, "Yeah, I got one year left," and all that type of stuff. I will have to see. <laughs> I just what have to think about it like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then he says this in the Swedish publication, how different a feel is what you heard there or have read there compared to what we heard four months ago? I Five mean, ago. I would suggest I would interpret it as more optimistic. The thing that gives me the most optimism isn't the words that he said last week the, with the in the article to Ronnie Romberg, but it was the fact that from April to now, we haven't got a firm no. So that's what leads me to the most optimism. Based on the comments, when I say yes or no, it's because I am willing to stay is a very optimistic sort of sentence to lead with. The one that gives me pause. But if it doesn't go as I have planned, I will become a free agent. Well, what's the plan? What does the plan refer to? Is that negotiations? Is it the fact that the Calgary Flames are going to offer me X and I want Y? Is it he comes into camp and yeah. isn't feeling the good vibes? Is it he comes into camp and feels the good vibes, but the team isn't competitive? Like, I'm be very curious to talk to Elias Lindholm on day one of training camp and reference this quote and ask him, what's the plan? Because to me... Do you think, the, he, would, do you think he would tell you? Maybe. I don't know. Can't hurt to ask, can it? I mean, that's basically the only option you have. So on the one side, I'm willing to stay is very um, optimistic, but on the backside of that, if it doesn't go as I have planned, I'll become a free agent is the maybe more chilling comment. But to me, it doesn't really suggest one way or the other. I think for me, I'm most optimistic about a long-term future for the Flames and Elias Lindholm just because he hasn't outright said, I'm not willing to resign here. Well, and and yes, I mean, and, and really nobody has um, even... Well, even, Noah Hannafin kind of... But never publicly. No. That's all based on what we believe and understand Correct. behind. And that's a valid um, thing to clarify. And, and I am fully confident that he has told Craig Conroy he's not coming back. I, I 100% believe that that is the case, that there has been that communication and Hannafin will not be a member of the Calgary Flames at some point between now and July 1st of next year. Whenever, if there's a trade or not a trade, I do not believe that he will be playing beyond next season. I'm quite confident in that, and he'll go elsewhere. But on the Lindholm front, hearing those quotes, reading those quotes, talking about those quotes, I don't know how much more optimistic I am. I guess the thing that the thing that gives me the most optimism is, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it's kind of my belief that I... And, and we talked to Frank Saravalli about this um, on the earlier hour of Flames Talk on this Tuesday. I believe that Lindholm is coming to camp with an open mind. I think Lindholm is coming to a camp undecided, but willing to see how things are different. I think it is very clear that last year was miserable for him. Yep. It was no fun to come to the rink. It was no fun to drop the puck. It was no fun to go to practice. Game days weren't fun, blah, 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 blah. If that changes, if all of a sudden it's it's not this dark cloud thing when you're coming to work and that's starting to translate in a team that plays better, a team that gets along better, and you're starting to see better results on the ice, 
yeah, I think that it really does up the chances that he resigns here. And I think that's a positive that he's coming to camp and looking at it like that. Obviously, there are financial concerns. Obviously, there are reasons, there, there are financial reasons that would keep him or persuade him, keep him from not signing or persuade him to sign. But the fact that he's coming to camp, I believe, and is going to be coming to camp evaluating with an open mind to determine whether or not this group and this direction is one that he wants to align himself with for the next eight years of his career. I like that because it tells me that, of course, the finances are important, but they're not the only thing that's important. It's not like you give me eight times nine right now. You give me this percentage in signing bonuses per year, and that's all I care about. I want my top dollar, and, and I'm not worried about anything else. I'm a mercenary. To me, to me, it shows that there's more to it than just the financial side of his decision. Well, and if it was just the financial, I'm sure we'd have our result one way or the other. The thing that I keep kind of going back to is he needs to see what the Calgary Flames are post Daryl Sutter, post Brad, post Brad Living, with Craig Conroy at the GM helm, with Ryan Huska as head coach. Again, I just keep going back to that, I'm willing to stay. So very clearly in his mind, Elias Lindholm has envisioned a future with Calgary and with the Calgary Flames. But he can also, what the if it doesn't go as planned, I'll become a free agent. He can also envision not being a member of the Flames. So I really yeah, do I think, think you have to which you have to, stage. well, especially when you're what nine months ish away from unrestricted yeah. free agency, you've got to do that as a player, figure out what you're looking at in all realms, not just money, but potential destination, so on and so forth. But the fact that he's, in my opinion, coming to camp, as you mentioned, with an open mind, he needs some, he needs the answers to some questions that you can't find in June, July, August. You need to come in September, even in September, you need to know the vibe in October, the competitiveness, so on and so forth. I think at the end of the day, that's what's really holding things up. Well, and, and here's the last Again, translated by our friends at Google uh, from this article over at Hockey Sweden. Say it again, Hockey Sverige. Good job. Um, I have no idea how accurate that is. I just want to put that out there as well. That's why I'm saying Hockey Sweden, because I can say that. And I'm just going to disclose, it's no affiliation with the Federation. It's just a publication. Nobody suggested it was. It's the website Hockey Clarity. Sweden. Uh, this is the quote when talking about kind of a, a new regime, a new quote, new coach, specifically in Ryan Huska. Lindholm says, quote, he's been an assistant coach in Calgary for five years and has a slightly different leadership style than Daryl. Ryan contributes a little more Swedish leadership, a little calmer, and talks a lot with the players. We'll see how it goes. I've never had him as a coach. Rasmus Anderson and Oliver Shillington had him in Stockton for a season. Above all, Rasmus thought he was great there. I still had Ryan as an assistant and got to know him well. We've talked a bit on the phone, and he seems hooked, so I think it could be good end quote that's from Lindholm again via Google Translate so I I don't know how much has changed but I do I still hold out some optimism that this can get figured out and that this can get signed because it feels like he's leaving the door open and not made the same finite decision that a guy like Noah Hannafin has and so to me yeah, I understand. I, I I'm quite I'm quite um, accepting of the fact that yeah, Noah Hannafin is likely going to get dealt between now and the trade deadline, and if he doesn't get dealt, 
he'll probably or or he will be leaving and signing somewhere else in unrestricted free agency. I'm not at that same I'm not at that same determination with Elias Lindholm. Are you more optimistic on September 5th than you were on April 15th when he made those comments at Locker Cleanout Day? Like it was pretty blunt, pretty straightforward. I think just the sheer fact of the bluntness was maybe a little bit jarring at that time, especially when you couple it with Michael Backlund's comments. But for Elias Lindholm, are you more optimistic that he is a flame long-term on September 5th than you were back on April 15th? Yes, but not not due to anything he said in that article. Fair. All right. Mainly because the the feeling is that he is coming to camp with an open mind. And maybe that open mind, he still makes the decision that a lot of people think he's going to make, and he informs the Flames, and they make a trade. But maybe he doesn't, and maybe he sucks. Um, a few texts, 960, 960. Um, this says Johnny Gaudreau came to camp with an open mind. Trade him. Uh, fair enough. Uh, this says, does he have to come to camp? Yes, contractually, he has to come to camp. Yes. He's under contract, so you can't... You, you can't... Like, you'd be in trouble league-wise. Not even... Some other leagues give a little bit more um, ability for a player to hold out on a contract. I mean, he is under contract. So when yes. was the last player to not report to a training camp? I, I mean, that wasn't under contract. That was under, that contract. Was under contract. I don't even was, know. Would it have been Keith Kachuk way back in Arizona? I mean, I, I guess... Not to put you on the spot with well, a 30-year-old I mean, question. For instance, Oliver Shillington didn't come to camp, but for reasons, yeah. right? Like, we know why he didn't come to camp. So, like, just as a straight-up contractual issue no i can't remember the last because i mean you think about kyle turris or william nylander or guys like that but they they didn't were have restricted contracts. free agents yeah they were without contract exactly uh this reads if he says he's not re-signing it handicaps the team trading him though he can't say that unless he wants to sandbag the flames he's checked out months ago i don't know if he's checked out months ago but i do agree that even if he does still want to go elsewhere, him coming to camp with an open mind, him coming to camp still with the door open and coming to camp as a straight-up pro, that helps his case too. That helps him land in a place he wants to go. That helps him get to the the final destination and and makes it easier on the Flames to help facilitate what he wants. And it helps him get that money. To be perfectly honest, he yeah, can't che- sure. he can't be for checked sure. out on the ice and expect to get a nine million dollar eight year extension from wherever he goes, because he still needs to be ultra productive to hit that ceiling in terms of what his next contract's going to be. So even if he's, oh, I'm not, I don't really see myself as a member of the Calgary Flames anymore. I'm looking to get dealt. You can't carry that attitude onto the ice. Otherwise, it could literally cost you millions of dollars in your negotiation. Uh, Hacksaw says, buddy, zero chance I'd let Lindholm play without a new contract. If he tears up his knee, the Flames are effed. Well, the Flames don't have much of a choice either. If they haven't traded him, they can't... I mean, I guess they could healthy scratch him and then turn it into a massive distraction. That would be a circus. I don't think that's going to happen. And this from Shane and Edgemont. Actually, there's two of them back-to-back. Not sure why many people want him to re-sign long-term. He's not a star player. He's in his late 20s and might command eight years. Time to be intellectually honest. That's from Shane at Edgemont. And this reads, question, do we want him? Don't get me wrong, great player, but are we not better served to rebuild and get a great haul for him uh, at 960, 960? Something that I think we'll get into a little bit later on this week because I think the the whole cost-benefit analysis on Lindholm is fascinating too. I'll tell you right now. 
doing it. It's a big-time dilemma. I wrestle with it. I still think signing him is the way to go if you can get a deal done, but I understand the other side of the conversation. Great stuff at 960-960. As we continue along this hour of Flames Talk, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg, we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio on this Tuesday. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. You're locked on Flames Talk, only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, rolling on this Tuesday, Steinberg Vickers. Let's say hello to Derek Wills, the uh, radio voice of the Calgary Flames, joins us here on Flames Talk on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. A couple weeks removed from the return of the Daily Flames roundtable. I believe we're exactly two weeks away from... uh, the return of Willsey every day live at around 4.30 p.m. Uh, for now, a little bit of a weekly check-in with uh, Mr. Wills. Hello, Derek. Hello, Pat. How we doing? Doing all right. Uh, almost hard to believe that summer's almost over and that hockey season's almost here, but uh, we're in September, so here we are. Yeah, it's time to go. Uh, we're less than three weeks from the start of camp, less than three weeks from the start of the preseason. Uh, less than two weeks from Penticton Young Stars. Like it's time. the The golf classic is is on its way. It is definitely time. And as we sit here on September fifth, Elias Lindholm's status remains the same. It's something that we talked about for the first half of this hour. I'm just curious as to where you land on it. We we talked a little bit about you know are you more optimistic on September fifth about Lindholm re-signing than you were on. August 5th or June 5th or, you know, April 15th when I think we first were like, oh, oh boy, that did not sound like a guy who was super committed to signing your long term. Where are you? Where are you on the uh, Elias Lindholm optimism scale? Well, I'm a lot more optimistic now than I was when he spoke to the media at the end of last season. But a lot has changed since then. The general manager has changed. The head coach has changed. A bunch of things around those two guys have changed. So I'm definitely more I, – I believe that he's willing to sign here. And I believe he was quoted as saying as much in a Swedish newspaper last week or this week. And the fact that it's gone this long tells me that. But I also thought that Noah Hannafin, who has basically told the team that he's not willing to sign a long-term extension, would have been traded by now. And I do applaud Craig Conroy for not – pressing the panic button and and making a trade just to make a trade. Clearly, if the right deal was there, he would have pulled the trigger on it, and it hasn't been, at least not to this point. But I thought that if one or both of those guys started the season on the team, they would most likely have already signed or would have given the team a strong indication that they were going to sign a long-term extension. So the fact that both Hannafin and Lindholm are still unsigned and are still on the roster as we get set for the start of training camp in a couple of weeks is surprising for me. It sounds like the Flames will be willing to go into the season with those two guys unsigned. And, Pat, quite frankly, I just didn't think they would do that after what happened with Johnny Gaudreau a couple of years ago. Is uh, Guys, do we think think it's a distraction? Like, if if we're sitting here talking, you know, is that big six or that big seven – and only one of them has been moved in Tyler Toffoli. So you're talking about Backlund and Lindholm and Hannafin and Tanev, so on and so forth. 
that don't have new deals starting training camp, are we worried about that being a significant distraction? I am, because when I look at this team, I believe there are a bunch of individuals who will bounce back, and if that happens, the Flames will contend for a playoff spot. That's how I look at it. But if you start to subtract top four defensemen, top six forwards, and you don't replace them with that type of player, and I think it would be really difficult for the Flames to trade Elias Lindholm and replace him with a similar player, because whatever team is acquiring him is looking for that type of player. They're not looking to trade that type of player. So the way I see it, if if the Flames can keep Lindholm, and I hate to sound like a broken record because uh, I've been in this boat all summer long, but I believe if they can keep Lindholm, they're going to be very competitive uh, if they move Hannafin, I believe they can fill another hole by making that trade. And this is a team that I think will compete. And the reason I think it's a distraction, Pat, is because, as I've said, I think Lindholm is the linchpin. And others have said this all summer long as well. If he stays, then I think staying is more appealing to Michael Backlund and Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov because I think they're going to look at the Flames the same way that I do as a team that can compete for a playoff spot and maybe even more. But if you subtract the number one centerman from this team, he's going to be impossible, probably, to replace at least short term. So I do think that it's going to be a bit of a distraction going into camp. Yeah, I'm going to approach this from a little bit of a different angle. I'm not concerned about the big six or whatever you want to call them. I'm not concerned about Backlund being a distraction or Tanev or Zadorov. I am curious more about Lindholm and Hannafin, and even less so Hannafin because if the reports are accurate and he said, you know what, I'm going to explore uh, a different destination for my next contract, then you can just park that. But where it becomes very interesting for me, Wilsey, and you're the one who uh, made a really good point here, the Calgary Flames start winning, then it becomes a massive distraction to me. If they're just okay or if they're struggling, well, then I think the writing's on the wall there. But if they show that they can be a top three team in the Pacific Division and they come out of the gates firing then it becomes a much trickier sort of waters to navigate. When do you deal Lindholm? Do you deal deal Lindholm? Do you have a legit shot at making some noise in the playoffs? Are you chasing fool's gold? Are you risking getting zero return for a guy that's your number one center and your first number legit number one center since Joe Neuendijk? And after losing Johnny Gaudreau for nothing, after losing Mark Giordano for nothing... Um, you spent a first-round pick to get rid of Sean Monaghan. Um, I'm quite okay with the return that Matthew Kachuk brought, at least at that point. It hasn't bared the fruit that necessarily the Calgary Flames would have liked necessarily to this point, but we're only one year into that experiment. But you run through the list of names that the Calgary Flames have kind of just lost for free, and you can't afford to do that with Elias Lindholm. So if suddenly you're feeling a very competitive team on the ice oh boy, that's going to be a tough decision on what you do with Elias Lindholm. And maybe it sorts itself out by then. If you are competitive and there are good vibes, maybe that just naturally sorts out and Lindholm goes, okay, I can commit another eight years here. But if he's still on the fence and you're competitive, then that's when it becomes a distraction for me. And I do, guys, I think about it. Put yourself, I guess put yourself in in the shoes of Derek Wills in in a number of months or Aaron Vickers in a number of months. Say that say that the Flames are say it's similar to two years ago. Say they are a a much better team, and and we're talking about them competing for a Pacific Division playoff spot. And Ryan Huska has this group playing some really good hockey, and and we're talking about them being a much better team. 
would you be okay? Not not so much do you think Craig Conroy or the Flames would be okay, but would you be okay trading Elias Lindholm at the trade deadline if that was the situation? Would you be okay taking away the team's number one center in the midst of a playoff race when they're playing really good hockey? How How comfortable would you guys be in seeing the team do that? Well, isn't that the problem, Pat? Isn't that the reason we said they can't go into the season with these two guys, uh, meaning yeah. Lindholm and Hannafin, unsigned? And again, if Hannafin has given them a strong indication that he's not going to sign, I do expect him to be moved, whether the team is good, bad, or in between. Lindholm's a little bit different one because it doesn't sound like he's told the team that he's not open to signing a long-term extension here. Sounds like that's still up in the air, and I'm not sure what would potentially swing him one way or the other, but I'm, I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because last season when we were talking about Johnny Gaudreau's departure, I defended Brad Treleving by saying, listen, even if Tree knew that Johnny wasn't going to sign an extension during that season where the Flames finished first in the Pacific Division, how could he trade a midseason? How, how do you trade the best player on your team midseason when you're in first place? I, I just I think it puts you in a really tough spot. So I can't sit here a year later or so, and say that if the Flames are in first place in the Pacific Division or battling for a top three spot in the division, that I would be okay with them not trading Elias Lindholm or trading Elias Lindholm. I I don't think that you could really sell it either way. I think if you're battling for first place, how do you sell trading your number one centerman and arguably your best player? If you're not, then I think it does make it a little bit easier, but then teams right. probably feel like they've got a bit more leverage, don't they? Well, I just, I, I think about, and you know what? The reason why I, because I was, I was kind of with you going back to, uh, going back to, I guess it would be January, February, 2022, as we were moving towards that trade deadline. And yeah, I was of the opinion that how do you trade Johnny Gaudreau? He's in the heart trophy conversation. You yeah. can't do it. Doesn't matter if he, but I, I think that even even if Lindholm's in the Selkie conversation and is en route for another 85-point season or, or something like that, I, I still I would be okay with it because I think it is, if I were to do the, I've, I've used this term a lot, but if I'm to do the old cost-benefit analysis, if I'm to find the, the threshold, right, I think you are more hurt by losing Lindholm for nothing and making the playoffs than maybe missing the playoffs, but getting a return for Lindholm. I think you are way better in losing playoff revenue for a year and maybe missing out, but then getting a great return for this guy at the trade deadline in this in this hypothetical situation. I, I would be okay with it. As difficult as it would be, I, I can say I think pretty confidently, Vix, that I'd be okay if they did that because of the lesson we learned from the summer of 2022. Okay, let me ask you a question in your scenario because it might dictate my answer. What's the return I'm getting? Am I getting, getting dollar the on the dollar or am I getting lowballed by no, 31 you're, other you're, GMs? You're getting, you're getting, because now it's playoff time, you've got a guy who most teams will be able to absorb on the cap yeah. fairly easily at that point. You're, you're getting a haul for him. You're getting good return in this scenario. Then I move him and don't look back. Because, in my opinion, the Calgary Flames have lost too many quality assets for little or no return. And you can't afford to do that with Elias Lindholm. And as hard as it's going to be to replace him, and it might take years to replace him, we know how long it's been since the Calgary Flames have had a true number one center. 
But if you don't know what Elias Lindholm is thinking and you have any doubt whatsoever, even if you're fully confident he will resign, just the same situation that Johnny Goudreau was in, as you mentioned, in 2022, doesn't matter how confident you are because until there's a pen to paper and he signs his name and says, I'm going to be here for eight years, you have to operate with the assumption that he's leaving. And I just don't know if you can lose an asset of that talent, of that quality, of that return. If, if I am getting a haul, I can't leave that haul on the table, not knowing a hundred percent if this guy is going to be a Calgary flame in four months. Well, and Wilsey, I think I like, I, I don't think, I don't think you would be talking out of both ends of your mouth or both sides of your mouth. If you were to be different on this one than you were two years ago, because we, we did kind of learn to learn a lesson from what happened in 2022. Did we not? We did, but also very different for me if we're talking about a team that's fighting for first place in the division and considered to be a playoff contender. I I think it would be a reach at this point with the team missing the playoffs last year to, to call them a Stanley Cup contender until they prove it. But let's say they are fighting for first place in the division. I still think it puts them in a tough spot, uh, potentially trading their, their best player or at least their number one centerman approaching the deadline. But if we're talking about a team that's, not fighting for first place, but instead fighting for a playoff spot. That's not the situation they were in two years ago with Johnny Gaudreau or Matthew Kachuk. Right. They, were, they were considered by many to be not just a team that was going to get to the playoffs, but a, a team that was going to host at least one playoff series and could win a round or two or three or four. But if they're just battling for a playoff spot, trying to get in by the skin of their teeth this year, I, I think that puts them in a position where, yeah, even uh, the most diehard fans that want them to compete now uh, will be okay with them yeah. moving Hannafin or Lindholm or other guys to, to try to get better now or potentially for the future. So I think two very different situations. But the other question I have is what happens if he gets hurt? You know, that's another reason why I thought that yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if Hannafin and or Lindholm told the team that they weren't willing to sign long-term, that they wouldn't start the season here because you risk them getting injured and then you get nothing for them. So it's, uh, it's an interesting spot that Craig Conroy is in, especially as a rookie GM. Now I looked at him, I look at him as, as experienced a rookie GM as you can probably find because of all the, the time he spent as an, an assistant GM, but you know, he's, he's still got to juggle a little bit here. I, I think the team believes it can compete. I think the ownership group wants the flames to compete this season and guys like Hannafin and even if we're not talking about the player, the return you could get for that player, and certainly Lindholm will help you compete. Uh, I think him having a good season is good either way. If, if you're going to trade him, him having a good season is, is going to be something that you can uh, use as leverage. Yeah. And if you're going to keep him, him having a good season helps you get to the playoffs. Well, yeah, and that's, so. that, that's a good way to transition to the next, because I think you're bang on. We're talking to Derek Wills. Wills, he with us here on Flames Talk. Vickers Steinberg this hour on a Tuesday. I think it's a really good way to transition to the next kind of conversation, because I think you're bang on, guys. And I think, Willsie, what you just said there is, is really important. Elias Lindholm coming to camp with an open mind, good attitude, professional attitude, ready to be a good teammate, regardless of his future, helps everybody. It helps in potentially him re-signing here. It helps the Flames in trading him if that's what Lindholm wants, and thus helps Lindholm getting to a new destination, getting to a destination that he maybe wants to be. Like It's just better for everybody if Lindholm is having a good year. And so let me bounce this one off you. Who's... who's uh, or, or who are, use, let's use the uh, English language properly, who are the two best uh, 
Who are the two best line mates for Elias Lindholm then to make that happen? I don't know the answer to that question. I had a, a pretty good idea at this time last year because when I looked at who they were trying to replace on his left, Johnny Gaudreau is one of the best playmakers in the league. And in the Matthew Kachuk trade, the Flames acquired Jonathan Huberto, who, when he's right, is also one of the best playmakers in the league. So for, for me, that was an easy swap, Gaudreau for Huberto. And then on the right side, you were replacing Matthew Kachuk, a guy who has an incredibly high hockey IQ, a guy who can score from in tight, uh, at times from distance, but a guy who could score. And I thought Tyler Toffoli was as close as the Flames had on their roster to a Matthew Kachuk type because really high hockey IQ doesn't exactly skate like the win. Matthew didn't and still doesn't. I think you'd say the same about Tyler, but uh, a similar player. Also, the other comparison I would make between Kachuk and Toffoli, both guys are pretty strong defensively. So for me, it was easy at this time last year, Huberto on Lindholm's left, Toffoli on Lindholm's right. And we saw Toffoli there pretty much all season. Uh, Huberto, we saw him all over the place playing uh, everywhere but center and defense and goal and playing at a bunch of different lines. So for me, it's Huberto to start on the left. And honestly, guys, probably an open competition on the right. Maybe Igor Sharankovich, if given an opportunity to play a bigger role with the Flames than he was playing with the Devils, can grab that spot. Maybe it's one of the younger guys. Maybe Andrew Mangiapane or Dylan Dubé grabs that spot. But and I'm, I'm, I'd like to see Huberto get another chance with Lindholm, but I'm, I'm quite frankly not sure about who I want to see on his right side. Yeah, going through this little exercise, Willsie, I'm kind of of the same thought as you, where, okay, Huberto and Lindholm, give them a run together. But I almost look at it more as trying to find somebody for Huberdo as a fit on that right side as opposed to finding a fit for Lindholm. And Sharon Govich might be the first guy I go and look to. And if that doesn't happen to work out, then I look for Mangiapane. And the reason I'm looking for a left shot right winger is because Huberdo's career year came with a center that shot left. And, well, of course, well, Lindholm shoots right. But he's your number one center. This guy's your number one left winger. Put them together. But then Sharon Govich has a great shot and can shoot le- or shoots left. And Mangiapane, same situation. I wonder if there's something on that right side that can help unlock Jonathan Huberto after what is very much a down year for him. There's no two ways to sugarcoat that one. He, his yeah. year-over-year point drop was historic. So I more look to find a right winger that matches Huberto than I do necessarily Lindholm. And I think I start with Sharon Govich, but by no means is that written in pen whatsoever. That is definitely pencil, and I have my eraser close by. Mangiapane gets a shot. Dubé gets a shot. Maybe Coronado gets a shot. You name it. Sign up. Get in the queue. You're going to be given a rotation. Run with it when you have the chance. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun one. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I, I just don't think they gave Lindholm and Huberdo enough of a run together last year. And there seemed to be a, I don't know if it was stubbornness or reticence or whatever. They're just, they, they didn't go back to it. And really, may, maybe for a period or two out of like 60 games or so, they went back to it. But they never really gave it much of a run. What did they the have to kick month. off? Like a half dozen games? Yeah, 10 I, I, I want to say like 10, 11 games. And then they got broken up and, and never got put back together. I think there is reason with your most talented winger and your best center to give him another run and, and give it months to see if it figures itself out. And I, I just Sharon Govich on his off wing with Huberdo passing to him 
for better shooting opportunities and a more direct path to the net and um, and Sharon Govich, his shot, that, that really intrigues me. So I have no idea if it would work, but that to me is the, the most intriguing guy to put there. Yeah, I mean, longer term, I think Matt Coronado could be a fit on the right side of that line, but I think it's a lot to ask Coronado to A, make the team with one NHL game of experience, uh, and B, not only make the team, but play on the top line and, and play those types of minutes as a first-year professional. I just think that would be a lot to ask. I do think that it could end up going in that direction. If Lindholm signs a seven- or eight-year extension, you've got Huberto locked up for eight years, and yeah, maybe Coronado slides into to the right spot alongside those two guys. But it's, it's fascinating. And when I think about Huberto and Lindholm, and even though they didn't have a lot of success together last season, you have to consider what both guys were going through. You know, I don't think that Huberto ever expected to be traded from the Panthers to the Flames to move from Florida to Alberta. I think that was uh, a major adjustment for him. I'm not sure he had time to get his legs under him uh, before they broke those two guys up. But then I think about Elias Lindholm and him and his partner having a baby. And I've, I've talked to plenty of guys who have had babies during the course of an NHL season and they've all told me the same thing. It can absolutely wreak havoc with your personal life, which, of course, impacts your professional life. And then just thinking of the skill set with those two guys. Lindholm wasn't quite himself, at least consistently last season. But when he's right, he's the best shooter the Flames have at forward. And Huberto's clearly, when he's right, their best passer. So I just think those guys need some time together now that they've had a season uh, to, to settle into new lives and have had an off season to get ready and are probably pumped up to be coming back. I think that all the players I've talked to, they're so excited to come back this season. And I think giving those two guys a chance together could pay dividends for the flames. But I think one of the big storylines of camp guys, at least for me is who's going to be playing beside them if they are together. Yep. Well, it's something that we can talk about as we move closer for sure. Uh, I believe we're two weeks away from the return of the Daily Flames Roundtable. We'll uh, chat again before then, though, Wilsey. Have a uh, good rest of your week. Thanks for doing this today, man. Sounds good, guys. Have a good week. He's Derek Wills, the uh, radio voice of your Calgary Flames, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403 248 44, a few texts, 960, 960. Um, this says, and I, this is an interesting one. I'm just, just going to read the one text before uh, we wrap the hour. But it says, if you get a great return for Lindholm, you're still making a step forward. However, you never lose a player for nothing. You always gain 100% of the cap you're going to pay them, which is true. Yes. However, just taking a look at kind of the, the pros, cons, or the, the threshold of when something makes sense, I just don't think you're getting enough of a benefit in gaining less than $5 million in cap space for Lindholm because he was on such a, a bargain contract. I think the argument for, well, you gain the cap space holds less water for me with a guy like Lindholm and it's very similar for Hannafin than it would for other guys because these guys were so good, so good. Like those were two of Brad Tree Living's biggest home run contracts, what they got or what they are getting out of those two guys on their current deals. It's why I'm so adamant that losing either one of them without trading them before the deadline would be a real big misstep for the organization. I want to touch on that cap thing because you're right. You're not replacing Elias Lindholm in your lineup for $5 million. There's just not a guy out there in free agency that is that good for that cheap. Otherwise, 
30 of one other teams would be signing him. And then all of a sudden he's $8 million, $9 million again. But if you get a first, a prospect and a young player that can come in now, the young player might eat a little bit of that, but say hypothetically you have $4 million left to play with. Well, maybe you can find a, a second line bargain late twenties, right wing or something to help with that depth and help ease some of the burden of it being gone. It's not automatically you need to replace Lindholm with that $5 million. Maybe it can help fill a need somewhere down the road that still keeps you somewhat competitive. He is Aaron Vickers. He's on Twitter at AA Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Our uh, producers this hour, once again, Cam Hughes, Taylor Dingman. We're back on Flames Talk for the rest of the season. Woo. Flames Talk is back until the late spring, early summer. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Save the all-star break. We are here for the rest of the year. That'll do it for this hour. Uh, this has been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.